Our second scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 11, verses 17 through 27. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. The word of God for the people of God. Years ago, years ago, I took a group of teenagers on a mission trip. We went to a major American city. We stayed there for a whole week. And every day of that that week, we had the kids doing some new good deed. One day, they went out into the streets and picked up trash to clean up around around downtown. Another day, they went to a a downtown parking lot and put on a, a sports camp for the kids who lived in the neighborhood. We had those kids working hard every day that week. But, but the hardest day by far and the most memorable day by far had to be the day that, that we took the kids to the soup kitchen. Early one morning, we got the kids out of bed, and we we took them to a downtown soup kitchen. The director of the soup kitchen, Pastor Dave, he met us at the door. He brought those kids in, and he took them into the kitchen. He immediately put them to work. He had them mashing potatoes and making sandwiches and chopping onions. They chopped onions all morning long. They chopped hundreds of onions. They chopped thousands of onions. They chopped onions until there wasn't a dry eye in the kitchen all morning long. Those kids were working and sweating in the kitchen. And then finally, when all of the food was prepared, Pastor Dave gathered the kids around and he said, okay kids, let's, let's take a moment to pray because the easy part is over and the hard work is about to begin. And Pastor Dave, he prayed and then he opened the doors to let the people in and that's when the kids discovered just how right Pastor Dave was. The kids put on hairnets and they took up their places in the serving line and the very first person through the door, the first person in the, in the line was Miss Tanya. Miss Tanya grabbed a tray and she walked up to that line and then she started interrogating those teenagers. At every stop along the way, at every serving station, she asked about the ingredients and how is this prepared and what are my options and if I choose the 
the french fries instead of the mashed potatoes? How many french fries are you going to give me? And I'm going to count them when you put them on the plate because I want to make sure that nobody is shortchanging me. She asked question after question after question. And then finally, when she did make a decision, she would complain about the food that the kids gave her. You call that a scoop of mashed potatoes? Don't give me a half a scoop of mashed potatoes. I want a full scoop. I know I am entitled to a full scoop of mashed potatoes. I want a sandwich. I don't want that sandwich. I don't like the look of the cheese on that sandwich. Give me the sandwich underneath that sandwich. All the way through the line, it went on like this as this pileup of people came, came building behind Miss Tanya. And the kids, the kids were exasperated. They tried to move her along. They tried to hurry her forward through the line. But Miss Tanya was not about to be hurried. Finally, she made it all the way through the line. She made it through the last serving station. She took her tray and she went and sat down. And all the kids breathed a sigh of relief. But it wasn't two minutes later that Miss Tanya was back up there at the line holding her tray, complaining about the mashed potatoes. Are there garlic in these mashed potatoes? You did not tell me there was garlic in the mashed potatoes. If I had known there was garlic in the mashed potatoes, I would have had the french fries instead. Give me some of those french fries. And so the kids gave her the french fries and she went back and and sat down. But it wasn't two minutes later that Miss Tanya was back up there with her tray. These french fries are not crispy. I know you've got some crispy french fries back there in the kitchen somewhere. Go back in the kitchen and get me some properly crispy fries. I am not going to eat these soggy french fries. It went on like this all through the lunch hour. She kept bringing her tray back. She complained about every bit of food, everything on her plate. She wanted to know if she could have seconds. She wanted to know if she could try both of the dessert options over and over. She kept coming back to the kids and complaining about everything they gave her, everything they did until finally the lunch hour was over. Pastor Dave cleared the people out of the room. He ushered them out and he closed the door behind them. And as soon as the last person was out the door, all of those teenagers turned to each other and they started talking about Miss Tanya. Can you believe that lady? Who does that? Who talks to people that way? Why does she complain about everything that she did? Doesn't she know how hard we work to prepare this meal for her? Doesn't she know how grateful she should be that there was food here today? What kind of a person complains about a free lunch and then they went on telling their stories about Miss Tanya. Did you hear what she said to me? Did you see what she did to me? They went on and on until finally they had they had told all of their Miss Tanya stories and, and they ran out of steam and there was a pause in the conversation. There was a moment when, when finally everybody was done talking about Miss Tanya and that's when Pastor Dave began to speak. All the while that the kids have been talking, Pastor Dave had been standing there very quietly just listening to them talking about Miss Tanya. And when there was finally a break in the conversation, Pastor Dave very softly, he began to speak to the kids. And this is what he said. He said, let me tell you a little bit about Miss Tanya. Let me tell you why she complains about everything we do when she comes to this place. He said, Miss Miss Tanya has a rotten job and she works for a rotten boss. And her boss, he treats her like garbage. And he knows that he can get away with treating her like garbage because she's never going to complain. She knows that if she complains about her job, if she complains about her boss, then he will show her the door. And the very next day, he will have five more Miss Tanyas waiting in line to take her job. And so she doesn't dare complain about anything at her workplace. And Miss Tanya, Pastor Dave said, she lives with a man who is not her husband. 
And she lives with this man not because she loves him, but because he has an apartment and she needs a place to stay. And this man treats her like garbage, and he knows that he can treat her like garbage because she's never going to complain about the way that he treats her. She knows if she complains about the way he treats her, then he will tell her to pack her bags, and the very next day she will be out on the street. As a matter of fact, Pastor Dave said, everybody, everybody in Miss Tanya's life treats her like garbage. Everywhere she goes, people are constantly reminding her that they don't care care about her opinion. Her voice doesn't matter. They don't want to know what she thinks. Everywhere she goes, people are constantly letting her know that if she complains, she's going to be shown the door. Everywhere she goes, she gets treated like garbage. Everywhere, he said, everywhere but here. So Miss Tanya complains when she comes to this place because she has discovered that this is the one place where she can complain. This is the one place where she can push back. And she knows that the next day we will open the door and let her back in and invite her to have a seat at the table. Miss Tanya complains in this place because this is the one place in her life where she feels safe and secure enough to complain. He said, here's the thing I want you to understand. In a weird sort of way, when Miss Tanya comes to this place and complains about everything, that is her way of letting letting us know just how loved she feels when she is in this place. In a weird way, Pastor Dave said, when Miss Tanya comes and complains to us about everything, we understand that that is her way of saying, thank you for listening to my voice. Thank you for respecting me. Thank Thank you for making me feel like a person who matters. Thank you. Thank you for caring about what I have to say. Well, it was a powerful moment. You know, in, in that two-minute mini-sermon, Pastor Dave gave those kids more to think about than I gave them in a year of Sunday mornings. In the, that two-minute mini-sermon, Pastor Dave taught those kids that people are not always what they seem to be. In that two-minute mini-sermon, he taught the kids that, that sometimes when people complain, it doesn't mean that they're unhappy. Sometimes it means that they feel loved and safe and empowered. Pastor Dave taught the kids that sometimes you've got to listen carefully because what people are not saying is every bit as important as what they're actually saying. He shared some wisdom with the kids that day. He shared some valuable insights with our teenagers. And this morning, I'm hoping that Pastor Dave's wisdom, I'm hoping that his insights will help us to see this woman, Martha, in a whole new way. So this morning in our gospel reading, we have the story of a woman named Martha. The Bible tells us that Martha and her sister Mary and her little brother Lazarus, that they were friends of Jesus. You know, Martha and Mary and Lazarus lived in a village called Bethany. The village of Bethany was just on the outskirts of the big city of Jerusalem. And so every time Jesus would go to the big city of Jerusalem, he would, he would make a side trip and he would visit his friends, Martha and Mary and Lazarus. He would, he would eat at their table. He would sleep in their guest bedroom. Jesus loved to stop and visit his friends, Martha and, and Mary and Lazarus. In the Gospels, there are two stories about Jesus and Martha. In the Gospel of Luke, we have this story of a time when Jesus paid a visit to to Martha and Mary's house. He brought all the disciples with him, and and Martha and Mary spent the whole day preparing this this great big extravagant meal for Jesus and the disciples. They sat at the table together. They enjoyed each other's company. They ate all of the food that Mary and Martha had prepared. And then after supper was over, Jesus and the disciples, they they went out into the the living room, and Jesus sat down, and he started teaching them. He told them stories. He, He talked about the ways of God and 
and the love of God. And Mary and Martha, they went off into the kitchen and they started cleaning up after this, this great big feast that they have had. And as she was working in the kitchen, as she was up to her elbows in dishwater, suddenly there came a moment when Martha realized that she was alone in the kitchen. Mary had disappeared. And so she cracked the door to the living room and she saw that sure enough, there was Mary sitting among all of the disciples, sitting right at the feet of Jesus, listening to him, telling his stories. And Martha was furious. She burst into the living room and she started laying into Jesus. She said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me in the kitchen to do all of the cleaning up by myself? Tell her to get off her rear end and come help me. Tell her to get out here and lend me a hand. Jesus, tell her to get into the kitchen. And and Martha, she complains to Jesus. She tells Jesus what to do. But Jesus, Jesus just puts a hand on Mary's shoulder and he looks at her and he says, Martha, Martha. He says, you are busy and distracted by many things, but there is need of only one thing. Your sister Mary has chosen the better part, and I will not take it away from her. The story ends with Jesus praising Mary and rebuking Martha. And so poor Martha has had to put up for 2,000 years with preachers getting up into the pulpit on Sunday morning and looking out at their congregation and saying essentially, Mary good, Martha bad. Be like Mary, don't be like Martha. Sit at the feet of Jesus quietly like Mary. Don't be a complainer and a moaner and a grumbler like Martha. For 2,000 years, Martha has been living in her little sister Mary's shadow. That's the first story that we have about Martha and Jesus. And then we have this other story, the story we find in today's gospel reading. In John's gospel, the story begins this way. Martha's little sister brother, her little brother uh, Lazarus becomes ill. He becomes deathly ill, seriously ill, so ill that Martha sends a message to Jesus. Lord, your friend, my brother Lazarus is about to die. You need to come quick because he needs your healing power. And so Jesus comes, but he doesn't come quickly enough. By the time Jesus arrives in the village of Bethany, Lazarus has already been dead for four days. They've had the funeral. The casseroles have all been eaten. The the grave is sealed up and Lazarus is in his tomb. And Martha is sitting there in her house. She's sitting there in her grief when somebody knocks on the door and shouts, Jesus is coming. He's just on the edge of town. He's coming to see you. And so Martha jumps up. And she makes her way out of the house and she goes to meet Jesus. She finds Jesus out there on the road. And when she finally finds Jesus, when she is finally face to face with Jesus, what does Martha say to Jesus? What are the first words out of her mouth? Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Do you hear the edge of anger in those words? Do you hear the the grief and frustration and pain in those words? Lord, if you had just put the pedal to the metal, if you had just had a little bit more giddy up and hustle, you would have been here in time and my brother Lazarus would not have died. What do you suppose the preachers do with this moment? You know, this week I've been researching Martha. I've been reading sermons about Martha going all the way back to the very earliest days of the church. I've read pretty close to 2,000 years of of sermons that people have preached about Martha. And over and over again, what you find is that preacher after preacher after preacher says the exact same thing about this moment. There goes Martha complaining again. She just can't help herself. What What a bitter and unpleasant person. She doesn't know that you're not supposed 
supposed to talk to Jesus that way? Why doesn't she have more faith? Why doesn't she have more patience? Why doesn't she trust that Jesus will be able to work a miracle for her no matter when he arrives in town? What a, what a bitter, complaining, unpleasant woman. Sermon after sermon, preacher after preacher says the exact same thing. But then this week as I was reading through all of those sermons, 2,000 years worth of sermons, suddenly I had a, a Pastor Jack moment. Suddenly, suddenly I found this one sermon, this one preacher who said something different, who saw something that nobody else was able to see about this moment. This one sermon this week that I found, this one preacher said, that, said this other thing. Every other sermon I read, the pastor said, what a terrible way to speak to Jesus. Isn't it just awful the way that Martha talks to Jesus? But this one preacher, he said, isn't it wonderful the way that Martha talks to Jesus? Isn't it refreshing the way that Martha talks to Jesus, the way that she yells at Jesus, the way that she complains to Jesus? Nobody else talks to Jesus this way. When you read the Gospels, you get the sense that the disciples are always being very careful about what they say to Jesus. You, you get the feeling that the disciples are always walking on eggshells when they're around Jesus. They're always afraid that they're going to say the wrong thing and Jesus is going to kick them out of the class. He's going to tell them, you can't be my disciple anymore. And so when the disciples do talk to Jesus, they are the worst bunch of brown nosers you ever saw. They're always saying things like, oh Lord, your wisdom is so wise. Who can possibly understand your teachings? And oh Jesus, your miracles are just the most magical miracle that any prophet has ever done. And oh Lord, you're just the best Messiah that that we have, have ever had. They're always, always trying to stay on the good side of Jesus. I mean, literally they say things to Jesus like, Lord, when God makes you king of all the universe. I want to be right there sitting at your right hand because I just can't get close enough to you, Jesus. The disciples, the disciples are always being so careful about what they say to Jesus, but not Martha. Martha just opens her mouth and lets it all hang out. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the dishes all by myself? Lord, if you had just got here a little bit quicker, my brother would not have died. Martha is not afraid to tell Jesus what is really in her heart. She is not afraid to show Jesus her true emotions and her bad mood. She is not afraid to complain at Jesus and even yell at Jesus. Why, this preacher asks, why does Martha talk to Jesus in a way that nobody else does? because Martha is talking to Jesus not as his follower but as his friend. Martha Martha has got a deeper relationship with Jesus than even his disciples do. She has got a, a friendship with Jesus and she knows what the disciples don't understand. She knows that Jesus does not love us with a fickle love. Jesus is not easily offended. Jesus is not just waiting for us to mess up so he can kick us out and walk away from us and show us the door. No matter what we say to Jesus, he's going to welcome us in and invite us to sit down at the table the next day. In a weird way, this pastor said, in a weird way, this preacher said, when Martha complains to Jesus, this is how she's showing him just how safe and secure she feels in their friendship. In a weird way, there is more faith in Martha's complaining than there is in all all of the praise of the disciples. And that brings me to a very difficult and, and uncomfortable question that I want to ask you this morning. How would you describe your relationship with Jesus? Would you say that you're a follower of Jesus or would you say that you're a friend of Jesus? 
Would you say that you feel safe and confident and secure in the love of Jesus? Or would you say that you're one of these people who walks through life always afraid that if you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, Jesus is going to walk away from you and give up on you? How much time did you spend this morning picking out the clothes that you were going to wear to worship? Do you secretly fear that Jesus is going to turn his back on you if you show up for church in in blue jeans? And, And when you talk to Jesus, what sorts of things do you talk about? Do you talk about the weather. Dear Jesus, thank you for the sunshine. Dear Jesus, thank you for the rain. Dear Jesus, thank you for the food on my table. Dear Jesus, I just think you're the best Messiah ever. Amen. When you talk to Jesus, do you only talk about the good things, the happy things, the safe things? Or sometimes when you talk to Jesus, do you do do what Martha does? Do you just open your mouth and let it all hang out? Dear Lord, this this is rotten and everything stinks and I am mad and I wish that you would just do something about all of this already. Do you feel secure enough in your friendship with Jesus to complain to Jesus and tell him the truth about how you feel. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a good thing to be a follower of Jesus. It is good to put on pants and deodorant before you come to church on Sunday. We appreciate when you do that. And it is good to thank Jesus for the sun. And it is good to thank Jesus for the rain. And it is good to thank Jesus for the food on your table. But this morning, in this morning's story, Martha, Martha is trying to help us see that we can have something deeper than that with Jesus if we want it. If we are ready, if we are willing, Jesus invites us not just to be his followers. Jesus invites us to be his friends. Show me your your dark stuff, Jesus says. Show me your scary stuff. Let me into the secret corners of your heart that you don't let anybody else into. Tell me the truth about who you are and what you have done. And discover, Jesus says, discover that not only will I not turn my back and walk away from you, but I will come and stay in your home. I will sit at your table and you will discover that I do my very best work in dark corners, in broken hearts, and in sealed up tombs. Let's pray. God, we pray. God, we pray that you would give us the confidence, not just of followers, but of friends of Jesus. Help us to believe that there is nothing we can do, there is nothing we can say that will ever break the love and the friendship that he offers us. God, we pray that that you would give us boldness, that when we talk to Jesus, we would not hide how we really feel, but that we would tell him the truth, that we would pour out our hearts that we would let him into the secret and broken places and discover that his love extends even to those places. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.